Amen. I love that Martin Luther hymn. Grace, Merry Christmas, and peace to you from God our Father and Christ the Lord. Amen. Billy Blastoff. Billy Blastoff was my favorite Christmas present. Tom, you might remember Billy Blastoff. One from one memorable year of my childhood. Now, he was made in Japan, an action figurine, and you can think of Billy Blastoff as a kind of precursor to Buzz Lightyear, Pixar's Buzz Lightyear. Only it was a plastic figure of a kid, not an adult. So this little plastic boy figurine, suitably marked two little boys, got to drive these really cool battery-operated vehicles that came with a complete space station playset. The vehicles were things like this wobbly lunar crawler and something called the US-6 space mobile that looked like a cross between a retro rocket ship and a fast speedboat. Only the, the US-6 space mobile can neither fly like a rocket ship nor propel itself in water like a speedboat. Alas, like the lunar crawler, the mobile space mobile itself only crawled, that's it. So it ended up being somewhat of a disappointment, to be honest. Turns out Billy Blastoff, the original version, the one I had, he himself couldn't even walk on his own despite the two AA batteries he toted all around in his space backpack. The batteries, you see, were just to power the vehicles that you would snap him into. Meanwhile, Billy himself just sat motionless. And all that, after seeing so many cool poses that they made him strike on the box top with his ray gun, turning his head, none of that. And by the time he tried out all eight pieces of the complete space station playset, you definitely felt like there was something missing here. Something far short of the way things appeared on that TV commercial. They're always better on the commercials, aren't they? Somehow, seeing the lunar crawler inch along your living room sofa just wasn't the same thrill as seeing the realistic cratered moon surface backdrop they use on the big budget TV set. Now, don't get me wrong. I liked my Billy Blastoff, and you never wanted to appear ungrateful to mom and dad for fear of not getting something good the next Christmas, right? But the promised TV fantasy and the actual hands-on reality didn't match up. Score one for the TV fantasy on that time. Sadly, that's how Christmas is for so many, both young and old, because we know there are grown-up versions of this kind of disappointment too, aren't there? Sometimes we forget that that Hallmark Christmas special or those Courier and Ives greeting cards, or maybe those Instagram uploads of happy, smiling families are just posed fantasy versions of Christmas, too. The reality so often falls fall far short of what we hope or expect. In reality, tensions can run pretty high during the holidays, can't they? Interactions seem sometimes situated on dry powder kegs, just the wrong tone of voice can erupt into explosive violence, verbally or physically. Suicide trends upward during this, the hap, happiest season of all. Why is that? Because if you aren't happy at this time of year, when everyone's supposed to be happy, 
then there's no hope for you anytime, is there? You're just never going to be happy, and then so why go on? And sadly, that's how some folks reason it out. Well, into all this darkness, Jesus certainly brings light and hope. But he doesn't promise to bring happiness to our every moment. In fact, this little babe, born himself under adverse circumstances, will grow up to fulfill Isaiah's prophecy and become a man of sorrows. And early on, his mother will be told, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. No, this little one hits the ground running, running to Egypt to escape an attempt on his life. Yet even that too is a fulfillment of prophecy. And that's the first thing that we want to look at as offered by the author of Hebrews and this amazing Christmas Day text before us this morning. From Hebrews chapter 1, we will examine Jesus, the greatest gift that just keeps getting better. And by the way, for those of you who like to keep track, that's the title of this morning's sermon. Jesus, the greatest gift that keeps getting better. Let's look again together at our Hebrews text because there you'll be rewarded many times over, I truly believe. Rewarded for coming out not only for day two of a three-day church marathon this weekend, um, but you will also receive a reward for taking time out from perhaps the busiest, if not the happiest time of the year, to focus, to center your thoughts on Christ, the true reason for the Christmas season. The author of Hebrews starts out with, long ago and at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. There's that prophecy again. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. So right up front in his sermon that we call the book of Hebrews, because that's what this actually is, is a sermon, this preacher then points to the word of God. God spoke, he reminds us. This emphasis on the word of God also invites you to see the connection between our Hebrews epistle reading and our Christmas Christmas gospel text from John 1, which says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word. And that gospel verse itself harkens back to the very first words recorded as being spoken by God back in the book of Genesis. When God speaks, things happen. Back at the beginning, God spoke to the dark void of the universe and said to that darkness, let there be light. And there was light. For God, it's really just that simple. And it's still as true today as it ever was for God. God today speaks to your darkness. He brings light into your darkness. But as the author of Hebrews is quick to point out, there is a contrast right there in verse 1. In times past, God spoke by the prophets, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. Guess which one is even better than the other? And guess what days you're living in today here on Christmas Day 2021? That's right, we're in these last days, which means God's great gift of his word to us has only gotten better for us because it comes now by way of his only begotten son who was with God and is God, God the Son the second person of the Holy Trinity, our Lord Jesus Christ. Unlike it was for Noah 
Abraham, Moses, David, and all the Old Testament prophets. For us in these last days, the word was made flesh and spoke to us directly face to face. Even Moses was never allowed to see God's face. But that chubby little face in the manger is the word, the appointed heir of all things, the one who made all things. And we have in our New Testaments today that record of his word spoken to us. Now the son who speaks to us in these last days, verse 3 points out, is the very radiance of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's nature. Now that's hard to get our minds around, but this is why Jesus can tell his disciple Philip at one point, don't you know, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father, from John 14. So truly human was the word made flesh that Philip didn't even recognize the divine majesty of him who stood before his very eyes. And it's just like Charles uh, Wesley wrote in that great Christmas hymn that we sang last night. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity. That's a great line from a great hymn. Can you name that hymn? Personally, I'm partial to the Peanuts Gang version of this hymn. Of course, it's Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Could you imagine being one of those shepherds who could actually testify angels we have heard on high? Luke records that there. There was a long, uh, with that very first angel's announcement about the birth, suddenly, quote, a great company of the heavenly host, a massive angel sighting reported. What must that have looked at, you can't help but wonder, amidst the night dark sky. We know that the sight of just one angel is enough to strike fear in, in any witness of such a sighting. And what exactly does an angel look like anyway? I guarantee it's not like the little cherub in the Valentine's gift shop. In 2 Kings 19, we learn how powerful and deadly an angel can be. For there, just one angel slays 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. Yikes! That's what we're talking about when we talk about these angels. And then the author of Hebrews tells us in verse 4 and following that Jesus, through whom God speaks to us today, is infinitely superior to those mighty beings, those angels. For to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son, today I have begotten you. And again, when he brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. So getting back to what that heralding angel proclaimed to the surprise and those privileged shepherds, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, tis Christ the Lord. This one whom angels adore and worship is born unto us, is born for us to save us. This one more powerful than any angel, indeed, this one who upholds the universe by the word of his power, Hebrew says, this is who we are rewarded with today, Christmas Day. 
He is the heir of all things. He is the creator of all things. He is the sustainer of all things. He is mightier than angels. He is the radiance of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's nature on human flesh. This is the person of Christ whose birth into the family of man as our brother we celebrate today. Now as staggering as that is, it gets better The person of Christ must always be linked with the work of Christ. I'm afraid that if we stopped at just the person of Christ and went back home even after an exceptionally lavish and long celebration of the incarnation, as astounding a miracle as we acknowledge that to be, we sinners would nevertheless be no better off in the long run than unbelievers who had never heard of the Christ child, because as yet we would all still be in our sins and in darkness. That is, if we didn't make that crucial step, verse 3 in our text does, in linking the person of Christ with the work of Christ. Quote, after making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. This takes us from a mere cultural participation regarding the most celebrated baby ever born to a much deeper, crucial participation. And I say crucial from the Latin crux, meaning cross, because it takes us from Christ's cradle to his cross, from Bethlehem, meaning house of bread, to the blessing of the bread and the wine, Christ's body and blood. This is exactly the journey that Satan does not wish us to take and will grant anything to us but this. Remember, the devil tempted Jesus in the wilderness by offering him a shortcut to all the kingdoms of the world. If he would just bow down and worship the devil, Jesus resisted and retained his purity. Peter after his divine revelation from the Father, confessed that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God. But then, Peter goes on to rebuke Jesus for saying that he was going to go up to Jerusalem to die. Jesus then returns the favor and rebukes Peter. Get behind me, Satan. Peter had acknowledged the person of Christ before him, but then sought to separate Christ's proper work of sacrificing his pure and holy life to win our forgiveness, to win forgiveness for sinners. That kind of separating Christ's person and work we must never do. And so it is fitting today that as we celebrate the word made flesh, that we also participate on a deeper, more crucial level right here at the Lord's table. The cup of blessing that we bless, asks St. Paul. Is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? To St. Paul's apropos questions here, we reply, the blessed cup and the blessed bread are indeed a blessed participation in that very body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ that first took on that our flesh on that first Christmas, to inaugurate these last days in which we find ourselves today. And they are 
this body and this blood, the best possible Christmas gifts that are given and shed for you, for the purification of all your sins. We may place a plastic baby Jesus in a little manger scene at Christmas time, but let it be resolved in your hearts and souls today that the incarnate Lord of heaven and earth, from whom we receive the forgiveness of sins today, is nothing remotely like a plastic toy that disappoints. To the contrary, Jesus just gets better and better. Amen. And now the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.